for my last call. Hit the highway for exit 10. I take a left at the Jesus season ball. All right, now it's time for the SEC to start some football, and so we're real excited. But coming on up here this week, we got hogs and we got some dogs and some gators, and we're looking forward to it now. And that's why we're doing the boys here on. Just a couple. Yeah, just a couple. The other, most of them are gonna get mollywopped, but mollywopped. Yep. Okay. So is that in keeping with the SEC theme that uh, you were just you came up from the South a week or so ago, right? Is that your new word you learned, mollywop? Sure. Yeah. Bring your Buckeyes on down here. We're gonna mollywop them. <laughs> Since we're going with a quasi SEC theme today, maybe just the. The, the lead-in song, Guitars and Pickup Trucks. Okay. All right, so what, what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? What do, we, what do we care about with respect to the SEC? Well, what do you think about the SEC? Tell me. Well, obviously, they're going to be in the, the playoff. Yeah. Who's the top dog? Is this the year we see four SEC oh teams in the playoffs? Well, if... Uh, the Big Ten all goes to hell, then most likely we'll see two of them in there. Well, I mean, the Pac-12, they just came out, they said they're going to play a seven-game season, right, starting, starting in early November. Yeah. So talk about no margin for error, right? In in the world of, you know, fractal chaos, uh, if there's an edge on, on the margin of error, maybe the Big Ten is on it in the... Uh, Pac-12 is falling off of it, waving back to it. Um, talk about no margin for error. Okay, great. You're going to come join the club now, Pac-12. Um, you and I were talking about this offline. I said, you know what? They should have just usurped the Big Ten. They said, you know, make the Big Big Ten look even more dumb, right? So that we could echo back to that uh, Dumb and Dumber uh, clip. Mm -hmm. You know, just when I think you couldn't be any dumber. Um, you know, Pac-12 could have came out and said, you know, we're going to do October 17th. And totally redeem themselves. And totally redeem themselves, exactly. And the thing is, is I think they would. I, I think yeah. they could, is what I should say. I mean, we're, what is it, September 24th today? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's plenty of time. This might be getting close to that edge there, but I think this would have been plenty of time for them to start October 17th. The point I'm trying to make is, you know you're not going to get anything from, from the Pac-12. We fear that... You know, the Big Ten may not be able to make it through uh, all their games and have enough uh, uh, games for the uh, for the record. Um, so I joke about it, four teams for the SEC, but I mean, there's going to be at least two this year, probably. If the Big Ten doesn't get off on the right foot and get their schedule, there's probably going to be two SEC. From the West, it's Alabama and only Alabama this year. I agree. Uh, LSU loses way too much, and, you, and of course you talk about that in your brand new analysis. My brand new analysis. But uh, LSU, this would be Texas A&M's year to do it. Um, I just don't know that their offense still is, is good enough. Yeah. To be consi yeah. or at least consistent enough to, to challenge 
to at least lose only one game or less. Texas A and M is that who you were just talking about? Yeah. Okay. All right. I got a lot to say about them. So, so go <laughs> and then, on. And then Auburn as well. Um, that was my bold prediction of the uh, SEC West that Alabama would go undefeated this year, and the second place team would have at least three losses. Wow, bold! That's a bold prediction that Alabama will go undefeated. Well, no, that the second place team will have at least three losses. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, no, that is bold. I was gonna say the other one was kind of on the same edge as you know yeah. the Pac-12 and their uh, their margin for error. Um, yeah, so we're talking about uh, the West Division. Right, mm-hmm. uh, Alabama. I, I think I agree with you as I look through um, the stuff that I put together. I, I don't think it's as cut and dry as I originally thought, but but at the end of the day, I never have any faith in Auburn. Uh, they're always more hype than anything. Um, LSU, I think, is going to take a major step back, um, and we'll get more to that when we we go through our picks for the week. Um, Arkansas, Ole Miss, they're not going to really. I, I think they may be better, but I mean they're not going to throw a, a, a wrench into it. Um, A&M, uh, I, yeah, I just don't. I don't think there's any way. I think they will look better because they will beat more of the teams that they should, and they'll probably be closer in the games against Alabama and those other teams that they typically lose to. Um, Although I think they'll probably be LSU this year. But otherwise, A&M's the only one to threaten. I don't think they're going to make it. I think you're probably right. There's going to be multiple losses uh, for the second uh, team and those below it. And I think Bama's probably going to take it. Yep. And for the East, uh, when what probably would decide the two teams get in is whoever wins the East. And... Uh, surprisingly, at least I'm surprised, the SEC uh, sports media and most sports media have picked a Florida as their darling to win the SEC uh, East this year, which is kind of interesting to me. It's kind of, I, I, I liken it to um, sports media last year saying that Michigan was the favorite to, <laughs> well, to win the uh, <laughs> Win a Big Ten. I mean, that's just funny by itself. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, you say Michigan, and it causes people to kind of, you know, snicker. But the reason being, you know, what's really changed? I think you know, everybody is is high because Florida returns a lot, especially the quarterback, and they are and they are primed for it to have a good year. But Georgia still has the best defense in the league, one of the best defenses in the country, and they for sure have more depth overall. They do. Have a lot on the offense. Uh, their offense wasn't great last year, and there's uh, not a lot of returning production. Of course, they get the transfer from USC, JT Daniels, and Jamie Newman opting out, but um, I still think they're primed to have a much better year offensively. Either way, uh, Florida hasn't beaten Georgia in how many years? At least five. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since Florida's beaten Georgia, and I don't think that's going to change this year. And unless Georgia loses another game, which they could, I mean, they do play Alabama this year, but uh, Georgia would have to lose multiple games, and I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It is it is tough. Georgia has been consistent uh, since Kirby Smart took over. Uh, and consi- well, they were consistent under, uh, under Rick, but consistently mediocre. Under Kirby Smart, 
Um, you know, I have made fun of him in the past because I do think he does not he he does not smart things um, in some of his games, but they've been consistent, consistently good, always on the precipice of the playoffs uh, each year since he has been there, and I think that's where the faith is in, in Georgia. Um, I think you know where did what you said what changed? Well, it has been hard to get data this year to think about some of these teams. You know, I started a very late in the game uh, because, frankly, I was in pouty mode, didn't think the Big Ten was going to play, didn't think my Buckeyes were going to play, didn't have that much interest. Um, so when it finally came around, I just this past week went out to go look it all up. It was very hard to find. I didn't find some of the sources I had last year, which were very easy to call from. Um, and what I did find, it took forever to piece together because it was all over the place, and that's because nobody knew what to expect. Are you going to have Big Ten? Are you going to have Pac-12? Are you going to have, you know, how many games are you going to miss? Who's going to opt in, opt out? Um, And so I think that made that very hard for people to really get an assessment of any one team. You know, now that you have hard data and a couple of games for some of the other teams, now you can really sit down and look at it. And I do think that's what's changed. I was very high on Georgia up until I did this. And... They only returned two offensive starters, only two, and a new quarterback. Yes, it's a transfer that probably is pretty good, but it's a new quarterback. Their offensive returning production is number 99 in the country, and yeah, their offense was so bad last year that maybe you can't help but be better. But I don't think that I really don't think it's going to rise that much. I think their defense should be really good. Um, they're number 21 in returning production on defense, and they had a good defense last year. So I do think um, they will be in it. It is between them and probably Florida. Um, but I don't know that they're going to do much offensively. You know, Georgia, or Georgia, sorry, Florida can score on Georgia. I think Florida can beat them this year. Um, so I'm not surprised by uh, the Florida being the darling. Um, not sure that I'm ready to pick in them. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see why, for all the reasons you stated. I just, yeah, I can't, I can't pick them either. They haven't beat them in however many years, especially last year when, uh, you know, they they had a good chance to do it. Uh, they just couldn't score, or at least they couldn't score when they needed to. So, yeah. well, maybe you know, I'll change my mind later on in the year when they actually play. But for now. Sticking with Georgia. It's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I should have done that different. That, that there's a story, and they're going to stick to it now. <laughs> so I, last year, um, I was high on Tennessee early on and kind of had to end up mocking myself over the first few episodes because, you know, they were getting beat by teams like Georgia State and whatnot. Um, but they, on paper... There's really no reason why they can't compete for that division this year, uh, quite honestly. Because when I look at them, they are returning a lot of production, you know, starters across the board. They have averaged over the past five years number 16, an average of number 16 in recruiting. That's pretty good. It's not great. Um, some of that I'd like to go through later, you know, some of the stuff I found that, you know, with respect to. You know, what are your chances of actually making the playoffs, right? But they have a lot of talent. They return a lot. Yes, they looked silly dumb 
last year at the beginning but they did finish strong they won their bowl game got lucky probably but they won their bowl game they finished strong and they return a lot of that team they can be pretty good this year and i think they would be my sleeper really to, to win that uh, division yeah I, I would agree with that i think they they can do it um but you know, obviously doing it is a whole different ball game uh, i don't know i don't remember who they draw from the west i think they do draw alabama do they uh, have that look. that seems to uh, they seem to always play Alabama anyways. Right, I, I, I seem to remember that, but um, I don't know offhand. I'll check it though while you uh, while we go to uh, the next. But either way, uh, they have to be either one of Florida and Georgia, which is possible, but they'd have to win yeah. the rest of their crossover games, and I just don't see that happening. I mean, that division to me feels like um, the Big Ten East in terms of there's always talk of two teams, Ohio State, Penn State, and, you know, Penn State will always rise up to kind of be the media darling, or, to your point, you know, Michigan, you know, in their uh, early fall hype, um, but it's always Ohio State, right, it's always Georgia uh, that seems to, to come out. What else about uh, the SEC? Well, they play ten games. Uh, this is their this is their debut, uh, so we'll see how everything goes for them. And so you could almost chalk that already up to three losses. Um, they they may be able to get one of those. I I do doubt it this year, but you know we'll, we'll kind of see as as we see them play a few games. At, at any rate, when you look at Tennessee. Uh, last year they went uh, eight and five, and yeah, they lost to Georgia State. But they, like many SEC teams, play multiple, at least one uh, FCS team. I think Florida was the one that played multiple. They played at least two uh, FCS teams, right? So, you know, that eight and five that I'm using as a basis of saying, hey, maybe they're going to be better this year. Well, they don't have any FCS teams. They don't have even the Georgia State to try to get revenge on, as funny as that sounds. Yeah. Um, it's all SEC team, SEC teams, right? And so to your point, you know, the, you see three potential losses right out of the gate, and maybe Bama, Florida, Georgia, right, is I think what you're saying. They also do play A&M. That's the other crossover mm -hmm. uh, they have. So, um, yeah, that's why I, I look at them. They should be a good team. They should be a solid team. They should scare all of those teams on their schedule, at the very least. Um, but because of that, I think you're right. I, I don't know if they're going to contend. I think they're a sleeper. I think they're good enough to be that sleeper, and they should scare some teams on that schedule. Yeah, I think they'll at least be able to scare and, and make for some good games, especially against Florida and Georgia. But yeah, I don't expect expect much. I don't expect much, do you? If it's gonna be, it's gonna be two teams. It's gonna be an undefeated Alabama, and I think it would have to be, it would have to be a one-loss Florida because Alabama would then play Georgia twice. Um, or if they both have one loss, maybe if Georgia, if if Georgia gets in there with one loss and beats them, and they both have one loss, um, and they both beat each other once. Those are the only two scenarios I could see where two SEC teams get 
he's good. Yeah, I, I, I think to that point, you know, my comment on too getting in, I think the reason I say that is because, um, and I think we'll probably get to them in the next episode, the Big 12. They are so bad. Uh, they are so bad, and, and that's what they've been showing and, you know, over the past couple of weeks. That being said, you know, when we get to the, the, the teams, you know, I think I'm a lot higher on Texas than I used to be. So maybe that would be uh, the fly uh, in the ointment, right? At the end of the day, you've got, you've got those uh, teams in the Big 12 that are so bad. Uh, if Texas doesn't come through, that's why I see you know, SEC maybe getting to it. Yeah. Very true. All right. So, uh, so anything else about the SEC? Nope. Who, who do you think is going to win? Uh, I think we both clearly say Alabama's going to win their division. Who do you think is going to win the East? Oh yes. Um, well, I, I'm still going to I'm going to stick with Georgia. Uh, I do think Georgia will lose to Alabama uh, in early October. I believe they play. I do think Georgia will lose that game. Like I said, I think Alabama will go undefeated. Uh, I do think Georgia wins the rest of their games, though. And I think they get back to a rematch with Alabama in the... I'm going to go with Florida. Um, yeah, I, I think Georgia's defense is going to have to be lights out. They're going to have to be basically a top-five defense um, for Georgia, I think. Because I just... you know, Again, their offense was so bad last year, and... They haven't. They, they went out and got a new offensive coordinator. That's you know usually what people you know like if you're a Michigan fan especially uh, thinks a quick and easy fix. Especially of course if it's one that's never called plays. You know that's you know, the Michigan formula. But um, I don't know. I just don't think their offense is going to be uh, all that much better if at all this year. And uh, I think it is Florida's year to finally creep back up in there. Fair enough. I guess we'll. Uh... Yeah, the feedback I'm we'll getting, see. by the way, is, you know, we're not remaining true to form, you know. When we started this out, we, we talked about the, um, you know, the Michigan fan, right? Um, and, and we talked about, uh, we used to, just, you know, really lay into Michigan. I don't think we've done enough of that lately. So we're, <laughs> we're sorry. We apologize. Um, we'll, we'll get back to that when the Big Ten starts. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I digress. Oh, dog grass, right? Right. Um, so we have a good, good uh, slate of week four games, uh, 17 ranked games, which we chose and put our confidence in. Uh, I believe going in to this, uh, I, what's my abysmal record? Five and Oh, golly, 11? I should have brought that up with me. Oh, wait, what's that? Molly Gogdoo. Molly Wop. Molly Wop. You're going to have to go ahead and mollywalk me. I forgot to bring that there, Dave. I feel more confident in, uh, in this week. Of course, having more games, but feel pretty good about some picks. So. That's because down south we like to say when you're staring at ugly, you know it. <laughs> so, uh, first game I got on here. Uh, I actually have my highest confidence at 17 in this game. is Alabama at Missouri, Alabama Minus 27 and a half point favorite. Um, obviously, you know you have a, a high spread, and some of them I, I took, some of them I strayed away from because there are a few of them on on for this week. Yeah. But you know, the last three times Alabama's played Missouri, they've won by an average of 30 points. 
Um, it usually seems to kick the crap out of Missouri. Uh, it is a little nerve-wracking because in, in most of the games we've seen, the, the first games for these teams, it's very sloppy. Yeah. Um, I think that's why I lost the Clemson game. They played well, but uh, still played sloppy, and right. they didn't put up as many points as I thought they were going to. That's been the case for a lot of teams, I think. Um, even so, I still think Alabama's uh, offense is going to be hitting on all cylinders, and whether Missouri has been practicing tackling or not, <laughs> I think Alabama's going to steamroll them. Now, Bama likes to take Missouri out behind the shed and give them a good molly walking, you know. And I think Mizzou, their danged offense ain't going to be too nothing hot this year, right? And so I think, even though Bama may not be quite the Bama of years gone by, they're still going to take Mizzou out behind the shed and they're going to give them a molly whopping. So, uh, <laughs> and with said, that, <laughs> no matter respond to that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't have the words. I don't, I don't really have the words to say or to respond to that. You so, know. So you took Alabama as well, but with lower confidence. Yeah, lower confidence. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a big spread, right? And yeah, I don't think Mizzou is uh, quite there yet to be able to take on Alabama. Um, yeah, there are some intangibles uh, that work with them. You know, the whole COVID thing. Uh, you know, Bama having to come into Missouri, which, you know, it's not really in Bama's comfort zone to get that far, you know, out of the South, right? Uh, or away from home, even. I guess I shouldn't say that. Uh, the SEC is kind of somewhat dispersed. But um, I just don't think they're there yet. And uh, because it's a widespread, though, that's why I'm doing it low confidence. Gotcha. So, yeah, I have 17. He has three. Oh, the next game we have Kansas State at Oklahoma. Oklahoma favored by minus 28. So the next game we have on our schedule is Kansas State at Oklahoma. Oklahoma favored by minus 28. We both took Oklahoma. Uh, high confidence at 15 and 14. Um, probably the similar feelings. Kansas State uh, has some players out uh, due to COVID yeah. protocol. Um, already a uh, bad showing against the loss against Arkansas State where they benched their starting quarterback Skyler Thompson. Yeah, that's never good. That's yeah. not. That's uh, really supposed to be one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Twelve. So maybe I don't know. Well, just a bad day, but yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I especially with some players out. It's about like going on this playground in the special school and say, "Well, he's supposed to be one of the better kids on the." <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I think uh, Kansas State may be able to put up a few points, but. Oklahoma just gonna roll right, roll through them just like they did in Missouri State, like pretty easily. Yeah, and I think that's it. You know, a, a joke of course, um, but Kansas State they don't turn return a lot of production on the offense. They only return two starters, so it's probably not um, that starting quarterback's fault. You know, um, yeah, he got benched, but. If you're only returning two starters, I'm going to assume that many of those are not on the offensive line. Uh, and for a team like Kansas State that's not necessarily known for, you know, awesome offensive lines all the time, you know, it's going to take its toll on whoever is, is quarterback back there. But yeah, we have the luxury 
of seeing uh, the recent performance and Oklahoma's recent performance. Um, not having that, you know, Oklahoma doesn't uh, return a lot of production. Um, they do on defense, but not so much on offense. So I would have thought maybe that might be a close game, but we have the luxury of, seeing, of having seen um, Kansas State play, and it wasn't pretty. It was not. All right, next one we have... That's because, like we say down south, when you're staring at ugly, you know it. Next one on the list, Georgia at Arkansas. We both had a low confidence. I took Georgia at 7, you took Arkansas at 4. Uh, this one, well, I, I was a little nervous with, especially because the spread is so high. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, Georgia last year uh, didn't have, you know, high... High point margins. Yeah. Uh, except maybe you know, two games. Right. And so this one doesn't make me nervous, but it's Arkansas. And Arkansas has seemed to be the, the bottom feeder of the SEC for I don't know how long. Seems like ever since they lost the Sugar Bowl to Ohio State. Yeah. Um, they got uh, Brett Bielema as a coach. Seems like it. <laughs> wasn't that a treat. <laughs> Seems like they've just been riding the, riding the bottom there for years now. Uh, they might be a little better this year, but I still think you can expect much from them. Um, right. I don't think they're going to score hardly anything. And so, so I think Georgia I think Georgia can win a, uh, you know, 30-31-7 yeah. type game. Where, where, where is this game at again? It's at Arkansas. It's at Arkansas. So it is on the road. Um, but there won't be any, uh, there may be fans in Arkansas. But either way. Yeah, but I still think. Yeah, but that could go either way. You know, a visiting team going to a stadium that's dead silent because you're geared up all week. You know, especially this being the first game, you know, you're geared up all week. Oh, man, I'm going to play this first game. And you know that you're going to want to feed normally off, you know, the, the the opposing fans jeering you and whatnot. They're going to walk into dead silence, you know. So, I, uh, yeah, maybe that's a death knell for um, Arkansas, right? I don't know, but I, I can't believe that it's all that great for the opposing team either. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how you know, what kind of start Georgia gets off to. But uh, next one, Florida at Ole Miss. I am taking Florida minus thirteen. Uh, I have pretty high confidence in this. At thirteen, you taking Ole Miss at six. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this a lot, especially uh, Ole Miss has beaten. Florida, the last three out of five times they've played them. Um, of course, you know, Lane Kiffin taking head of the program. And, um, you know, Ole Miss is, for a better luck term, always interesting to watch. So you know, is Lane Kiffin. There's always, you know, they always make it a couple of games here and there interesting. Um, I, th I do think Florida will come out of the gate. Uh, it is at Ole Miss, which makes me a little nervous, but... Um, I don't think Florida will have much of a problem. It is a two-touchdown spread. Uh, Ole Miss probably will have a chance, and I think if Florida lets them stay around after the first half, um, Ole Miss will likely cover. But yeah. I, I'm still going to go with Florida. I do think they are a good team this year, and I think this is their first opportunity to prove that you know they, they do belong at the top of the SEC, as everybody thinks they do. So. They does? Yep. Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot. This is our SEC That's right. uh, episode. <laughs> Bye, Dez. You heard that right. Bye, Dez.
Um, so much uh, to say with this one. People will be surprised because I just said, hey, Florida is my, um, that's going to be my pick to win that division. Uh, but here, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm picking uh, against them here. And this is, really isn't about who's going to win the division, how good the team is. This is about spread. This is about situations. Um, I do think Florida can and will win that division. Uh, but I also know that Florida recently hasn't started out strong um, early in the year. Again, you, you couple that with these unique circumstances uh, of COVID and you know how, the things you have to do. Um, I, I just see them, you know, pulling it out, and, and therefore probably not uh, covering the spread. Um, but Lane Kiffin, yeah, this guy—he always has that look on his face. If you watch a a, um, a game, right, because they. You know, Ohio State played uh, FAU last year, right? Yeah. He was on the sideline. And when things are, are not going his way, he has this look on the sideline like he's staring out his window across the front porch, and he sees you about to come onto his front porch and beat up his poodle. And he's really not liking it. <laughs> that's the kind of look this guy always has on his face. And, and that's why I say, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch um, Ole Miss and Florida. It's a pretty good matchup, and just see that look on his face uh, when things start to go wrong. Next one we have Mississippi State at LSU. LSU favored by 16 and a half. We both took Mississippi State here. I have lower confidence at five. You put 11 on it. Um, yeah, I, it's interesting because oh, I think LSU could win. I think it's either going to be LSU blows them out of the water or it's going to be a really close game. And I think with the first game of the year, it's probably going to be really sloppy, especially with all the LSU returns. They lost so much. Um, I don't think they've really had time um, to, to get things rolling. And so I think they're going to come out of the gate sloppy, same as Mississippi State. I think their offense is going to be all over the place. And so I think it's going to be more of a low-scoring game. 16.5 um, is a big spread. You know, we're talking about three scores here that LSU will have to win by. Um, this being the first game, I, I think Mississippi State will hold them under that. I, I still think LSU will win pretty pretty handily. The scoreboard may not reflect it. I think LSU will probably dominate the game, but I'm, I'm still going to take Mississippi State to cover. Who, who's Mississippi State's coach? <laughs> Mike Leach. Mike Leach, and that is awesome. I love Mike Leach, and I look forward to seeing you know his post-game pressers. Uh, in the SEC, that is going to be priceless. That is going to be something. If you know, a lot of people need help getting back into watching football because of circumstances. That's enough right there. Watching Mike Leach in a presser. That's going to be great in the SEC. Um, LSU, I think, is going to take several major steps backward this year. They ultimately it was just about their entire production across the whole team uh it was a great team sure no doubt it was an all-time team but they lose everybody um they are number 128 they're ranked 128 uh in offensive returning production 92 in defensive returning production on the defense that wasn't that great last year right um good enough obviously to, to win the national championship sure i get that but I think they're going to take several major steps back. Um, Orgeron, he won the national championship. Good on you. Um, 
I don't know that I think of him as being that great of a coach. I think he managed that very well last year. But I don't see them being good this year. Well, maybe decent, but and I think it starts with Mississippi State, right? I think they'll come in. Um, I don't, I'm not saying Mississippi State will necessarily win this one, but I think they'll definitely cover, and they could pull off the upset. Because Mike Leach. <laughs> I don't know about that for this game, but I suppose we'll see. Uh, next one, Texas at Texas Tech. We both have Texas. You put your highest at 17. I put 14 on Texas to cover at 18. Um, I think this is fairly obvious. You know, Texas Tech almost lost to Houston Baptist. Their uh, defense is atrocious. Um, in Texas, returning a lot. You know, their their offense does look good. Um, yeah, you know, who got, did they play that first game? I mean, they played UTEP, yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I think I mean, they'll be able to throw it around just as much against Texas Tech as they did UTEP. I don't think uh, Texas Tech is going to put much of an obstacle in their way. So, right. yeah, I think it'll be an easy, easy cover. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, this might inform everyone about next episode and whom I may or may not pick for the Big 12 uh, to win it. But um, after having the data available to look more deeply at teams, um, I, I had been saying in the past, you know, watch out for Texas. Uh, Herman is trying to bring the band back together. He's got uh, coordinators galore from Ohio State. He's got Chris Ash, who is an awesome defensive coordinator. And he walks into a situation where he is returning nine defensive starters and they are ranked number 14 in defensive production returning. And you saw and, and you commented on what their offense did. Um, Texas Tech looked terrible their first game. I think Texas is going to roll in this one. I think they'll cover that pretty easily. And I, I'm, this is the year where, you know, you know you, the clock is going to be right, you know, it's right twice a day. And this time it's going to be right. Texas will be back. Bold prediction. All right. Uh, next we have Kentucky at Auburn. Auburn favored up by seven. We both took Kentucky. Low confidence, I have three. He has nine. Um... Yeah, I I went back and forth on this one. And that's why I put low confidence in it. Um, I'm not very high on Auburn. Um, I think, think their offense is going to be mediocre like it was last year. I don't think all that highly of Bo Nix. He's a serviceable quarterback. Um, you know, Maybe he will be better this year, I don't know. But uh, Kentucky has a pretty good defensive line, um, especially for Kentucky. For Kentucky, uh, I don't know how what, what their returning production is. Which one, Kentucky? Their uh, defensive, yeah, their defensive is right twenty seventh. Yeah, um, which is pretty good. Uh, I think they'll be able to hold their own. I think it'll be a sloppy game. I think a lot of these games are going to be, especially these more middle of the road teams. And I think Kentucky versus Auburn is definitely going to fit that bill. Um, and that type of game, I think it's going to be low scoring. Kentucky, maybe even to pull an upset. I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but it'll be a close game, I think. If if this were at Kentucky, I would have 
said, yeah, I would have gone with Kentucky in the upset. I am picking Kentucky in the cover. It is a little bit lower for me because it is in Auburn. Uh, I'm with you. I'm not set on Bo Nix. Auburn, it's the same every year. Auburn really is the new Georgia, honestly. You know, Mark Rick, you know, this would happen every year with Georgia. Greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, you know, and they would go into certain games and they would just look awesome. You know, pummel the crap out of somebody. Um, and then just lose bizarre games. And then end up with a mediocre record. Say similar to, what, 9-4 and four that uh, Auburn had last year. So Auburn will get hyped up all the way up again. It'll turn out to be the same. You know, just like a, you know Georgia under the Mark Rick years, that's what's happened here with Auburn. Um, the problem in picking games like this is that, just like in the Mark Rick years, they have some of those games where they do look exactly like the hype. And you never know which one's going to show up. That's the yeah. problem with Auburn. Um, that's why I have Kentucky in low confidence. I do have confidence in Kentucky. You know, I'm talking about Tennessee being a sleeper in that division. Um, Kentucky may as well. I don't think that they... I think Tennessee has enough that if they have the right cards fall in place, they can compete in the division. Kentucky, I think, if the right cards fall in place, they can knock out a couple of teams in that division uh, to have a say. Right. That, that, that's the confidence I have in Kentucky. Right. Next one, uh, Vandy at Texas A&M. Texas A&M favored by 29 and a half. Uh, you took 10 on A&M. I actually put two low confidence on Vandy. Uh, obviously, Vandy is atrocious. Uh, they've been the past couple of years. I don't expect much from this team. Um, they probably won't score a lot, but 30 points. Um, not say, saying Texas A&M can't do it. They probably could, and they may very well do so, but... 30 points, I, too big of a spread for me for Texas A&M. Uh, this year, of course, they're, you know, this is their year they're, they're primed to make a run against Alabama. Um, but just be, it, it being the first game, maybe if it were the second or third game, but this being the first game, I, I just don't know. So I'm taking Vandy. You didn't say I took Vandy, right? No, you took Oh, Vandy. okay, you, you, you took Vandy. Yeah. No, I took Vandy. Yeah. I took Vandy. Um, yeah, so A&M... And, um, you know, as I put this analysis together, and, and I think you, people are already starting to hear me change my tune a little bit from earlier episodes. Because uh, I, you know, I said certain things about certain teams. I think Kentucky was even one of them that I said, I don't expect much out of them, blah, blah, blah. Um, and even with Texas, you know, I was talking about how they could possibly be good, right? But I was kind of hesitant to jump over that cliff. Um, well, I... I, I had an opportunity to go out for the Power Five conferences and you know, do my typical analysis that I would normally do in, in a given year, and I got clarity on some of those teams, like Tennessee, like Kentucky. Um, but there were some really interesting things that jumped out at this, right? From this, when I looked at it, one of the I, I look at returning production, returning starters. Um, are they returning a QB or not? Because a lot of times that's kind of a difference maker. You know, what was their record last year? What conference are they in, right? Because there's a relative strength there. I look at last year's recruiting. I also look at the past five-year average on recruiting. And that's where I found something interesting. That basically all the national championships, and I think people probably already know this, but just to state it, all the national championships in the past 
since the playoffs began, which is six years of playoffs, right? All of those teams over the past five years have an average recruiting ranking in the top ten. There's no national championship uh, in the playoff era that has been won by anybody that has worse than an average of the top ten recruiting class. In the top 30, right, there's only one beyond the top 20 within, you know, from 21 to 30, I should say. There's only one team that's been to the playoffs. And I would call that an outlier, a statistical anomaly, because that particular team, frankly, they were lucky to get in. And when they did get in, they got obliterated, right? So it kind of makes it an outlier. And so it's almost safe to say that in the playoff era, if you do not have a an average recruiting ranking in the past five years that's in the top 20, you're not going to make the playoffs, right? Furthermore, those in the top 20 average recruiting ranking that have made it, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Washington, um, there was one other one, Oregon, right? With minor exceptions, yeah, they made the playoffs, but they get their butts chewed. Um, one instance, they made the national championship, but they got their butts chewed, right? So uh, that was interesting to me, right? Just to, I think people know that, and I think people are probably saying, well, duh, I kind of figured that out. Well, did you? You know, I, I say that because I get on these internet forums, and you know, people are arguing all the time. Oh, you know, my team got this many five stars or four stars. Oh, well, that don't matter because it really. It, the star ranking don't matter. There's a lot of good three stars out there. Well, this it, fine. A lot of good three stars out there, but unless your team over the past five years has a recruiting rating that averages in the top ten, just figure it out right now. You're not going to the playoffs. Okay. But I that's not really what I wanted to get to with my A&M thing here. Another thing that I saw... There is one team in the top 10 average recruiting rankings over the past five years that has made the playoffs. They got pummeled. But what's interesting about this team is they are number 27 in returning production. They return 17 starters. Their average recruiting ranking over the past eight years is number eight. Last year was 22, but that's not bad, right? They returned their starting quarterback who is hyped. And I haven't given you the name yet. Right? I haven't given you the name. but So let me restate that to you. And you tell me what you think of that team. Right? I'll tell you, this is a powerhouse team. This is a team that some may argue is a blue blood team. Right? Big name. This is a big name powerhouse team. They've won national championships. They've played for national championships. Right? They are number 21 out of all teams in terms of the returning production across the whole team. They returned 10 defensive starters. They returned their hyped-up QB, right? Their average recruiting ranking over the past five years is number eight. What would you say are the prospects of that team going into the Forget the name and forget you even know where I'm going, but just think about that data and tell me what do you think of the prospects of that particular team? Are they a division contender? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, do they likely win their division? 
I might, I might bet on them, yeah. right? Could they compete for the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. Probably the top ten. We just said you don't win a championship unless you have an average top ten recruiting rate, right? This team is Florida State, right? And, and no, I'm sorry. This is not me trying to redeem myself from my complete buffoon uh, prediction the first week in Florida State. This is not me trying to redeem myself. This is just me trying to draw a line back to A&M. Uh, in the past, this is Buckeye bombast with an emphasis on bombast. I do it. It's what it's all about. Sometimes I get a little overboard. I'll rip on people like Jimbo Fisher, um, who I have nothing against. I don't even know the man, right? I just don't buy him as being a good coach. But I've said it before, right? I, I just don't think that man is that great of a coach, and I, I think that that situation for A&M needs to change. But Florida State, why is that team so bad right now? Why were they so terrible last year? Why, with a new hotshot offensive-minded coach, can't they beat Georgia Tech? I think it's a culture problem there. And I draw that line back to Texas A&M. A&M, which is funny, who did I pick in this game, by the way? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> That's because down south, when you're staring at ugly, you know it. All right. A&M. This team is number 16. The last team I just told you was number 21. All right. This team is number 16 in returning production. Right? They return almost all of their starters. They were 8-5 and five last year. Their average recruiting ranking over the past five years is right around that same mark at eight, right? Last year, they had the number six recruiting class. That average over the past eight years, why haven't they done anything yet? Why aren't they better than mediocre? Ultimately, here for this particular pick, I am going with A&M because if I reflect upon last year, when they weren't quite as strong, they would beat up on the teams they should win but it's when they competed with Bama and those teams, they weren't even close. They didn't even belong in the same field, right? Um, so I'm going to pick A&M because of that, because they're playing who here? Bama, right? So they should take this one. What I'm really trying to draw a line back to, this is why A&M is not going to compete for that division. This is why you are right when you say that second-place team in that division likely has three losses, right? And to me, it really speaks to, I think this is, that coach should be on the uh, hot seat this year. A&M, if they don't want the culture, if they don't want to get stuck in mediocrity, if they don't want the culture that has arisen in Florida State, this guy needs to produce this year. Oh, they're paying, he's the highest salary coach. Uh, yeah, he's one of yeah. Well, he last year he was. He may Maybe. have changed. Yeah. I mean, those things change year to year. He's, he, at yeah, least some in the top crazy, five. Yeah, some seven, five million, ten million. Yeah. That's because of Texas A&M. When they're staring at ugly, they know it. All right. Is that it? Yeah, I don't <laughs> know why you led me down that ramp. That was all you. Uh, that was on you. You know that, don't you? That was all... For the listeners. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We, we do all this for your good pleasure. Um, next 
uh, speaking of Florida State, Florida State at Miami. Miami favored by 11. We both took Miami. <laughs> See, that's why I did that. Right? <laughs> that is, that's like, if anybody, have you ever read any Victor Hugo books? Yeah. Uh, Hunchback and Underdog? Yeah. Have you read it? I have. It's been a while. It's good. It's a good book, yes, right? Good. So, so um, Les Mis, which is my favorite book. Uh, that's why I don't like the musical, uh, but my favorite book, Victor Hugo. But man, that guy can go off on a tangent. You know, he can go off for like 300 pages uh, on, on you're like, what in God's green earth is he talking about? And then he has a, a really nice gifted way of much further on in the book, kind of tying it to something. You're like, oh, wow, that was cool. You know, but that's what I'd like to think of what <laughs> we just did here, yeah. Nathan, right? You know, uh -huh. Consider this. Your introduction to Victor Hugo. Well, we both uh, ended up taking Miami. I took 16 on them. Uh, very high. You took 7. Uh, yeah, Florida State, I you know, thought they could be something until their offense showed up nothing against Virginia Tech. Same offense that Georgia, Georgia Tech. Same offense that was last year. Uh... Florida State laying an egg against Georgia Tech. I think it'll be the same against Miami. They may score maybe 13 again. Uh, and, of course, you know, Florida State's defense is one of the better ones and probably one of the best Miami will face in the ACC. But even still, I don't think Florida State is going to be able to score much of anything. I think Miami uh, can cover an 11-point spread fairly easily, especially at home. Yeah, well, I, I, that's because I think Florida State is still laying on that same egg at their own stadium. And, and they're not going to show up for this game. If I look at Miami on paper, and this truly is on paper for, for the listeners, you can vouch for and actually have it on paper right in front of me. That's where I pull all that Florida State, wonderful Florida State data. And if I look at the Miami data, if you compare the numbers here, the recruiting classes, how they did last year, what their returning production is, returning starters, etc. You know, if I, I'm not going to waste your time again, but if I were to do that again and I said, okay, I'm not giving you the name, compare those two teams, tell me which one's going to win. Maybe. No, seriously. <laughs> no, I don't if you didn't know who was going to play. If I didn't know who, yeah, I would say Florida State. Yeah. Right. Just based off that, yeah. Florida State, but, and that, because I don't, I'm not, I'm not big on Miami. Yeah, they, they look pretty sharp uh, the last week, but I'm not big on them. But, yeah, I still think they're going to cover against Florida State. That's how bad things are they. Yeah. Um, a couple of group of five matchups. Uh, UCF at EC, one of the only ones where it took both the same points. Both have 12 on UCF to cover a 25.5-point spread. Uh, ECU hasn't played yet. This will be their first game, UCF, uh, rolling against Georgia Tech. Uh, last week, I think they'll keep that rolling, and uh, I think they'll win by that margin. It's a high spread, but I think they'll cover it. Yeah. Um, next one, too, same, similar. Army at Cincinnati. Uh, this is a little bit different. I have Cincinnati covering minus 14 at 6. You have Army uh, covering the plus 14 at 5. Um, that, that was uh, give or take, um, both undefeated. Cincinnati did give up a, a lot of points to Austin P. Uh, Army is two and zero, but facing bad group of five teams, so uh, it's it's a hit or miss. I think it'll probably be a sloppy game. I just don't know truly how good Army's defense is. Um, so I just went with Cincinnati. This is a yeah. toss up for me. 
Yeah, I think what I truly don't know is how to pronounce Austin P. Is it P? It is Everybody I've heard say P, so I just say Austin P. Well, it's probably because you were in the middle of a drinking game or something, <laughs> and they thought you were going to pee. Literally all the announcers say Austin P, so I just go along with it. Yeah, but we've already had a discussion on some of those announcers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> they are not the sharpest arrows in the quiver. That's because when they're staring at dumb, they know it. Okay. Anywho, we're talking about Army in Cincinnati. Uh, I normally would have gone with Cincinnati here, but Army has been playing very well. They have been, yeah. Um, really, truly uh, looking pretty good. And Cincinnati, 20 points. They give up 20 points to Austin P. Um, I don't know. They struggled against a couple of teams last year, like ECU that you just mentioned a little bit ago. Uh, they have the propensity to do that. They usually wait until later in the season. Uh, but I don't know. I wasn't impressed with their Austin P uh, showing, so I'm going to go uh, with fairly low confidence on Annie. Yeah. And uh, I think the last uh, two more group of fives, Troy at BYU. Oh, we both took BYU. Favorite at minus 14. I have a little bit more. I have eight. You have two on that. And then Georgia Southern at... Uh, Louisiana at minus 11 and a half. You Not took, high you took uh, Louisiana at 16, so very high. I took Georgia Southern at 4. Yeah. Um, I think BYU kicked crap out of Navy Troy. Beat uh, not by that much. Uh, terrible note. Tennessee State. Um, I think BYU probably covered that. Not much to add there. But uh, Georgia Southern, that one was the big one. Or at least big point differential for us. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette beat them, I think, last year pretty good. Um, Georgia Southern obviously returning after their close win against the FCS team where they had 33 guys missing, so I know that was your cause for concern. Yeah. I don't know how many of them are actually back, but uh, Louisiana did have a close game against Georgia State. A little bit of a letdown after Iowa State, so maybe I'm like putting too much into that, but I picked Georgia Southern to cover. Yeah, I think you're putting too much into BYU beating Navy, uh, because maybe. as reported there, I mean, Navy basically practiced against the neighbor's toddlers, right? I mean, they admittedly didn't tackle. Uh, they were no way prepared for that game like BYU was. Um, I have that one at low confidence because it is um, in Utah. Uh, Troy, I think, can. I, I think if that were you know down south, I think Troy might even win that one. Um, so I, I think they'll keep it somewhat close, and that's why I have that one in low confidence. Um, with respect to Lafayette, yeah, I am concerned. 33. Now, because they were not available doesn't mean they had COVID or had anything for that matter, right? They were just quarantined because of protocols, etc., right? So it doesn't really mean much, but they were not in the game, right? Some of them may have been sick. Some of them, um, even the ones that weren't, what were they doing? I, I don't know. I just, I don't know 33 people how that focus, you know, sharpens that quickly. And, and that's why I, I take Lafayette. Because I think uh, last week Lafayette was full of themselves, you know, and I even picked against them. I think the true Lafayette team, when you look at their numbers, their returning production, etc., 
is a lot closer to the team that beat Iowa State. And I think now that you know, they've gotten over being full of themselves, I, I think they'll take this one. Fair enough. A um, couple ACC games. Uh, NC State at Virginia Tech and Louisville at Pitt. Uh, we both took Virginia Tech. I had 10, you had 8. Uh, Virginia Tech favored by 7. Uh, NC State with a shootout win against Wake Forest. Virginia Tech hasn't played yet, so uh, we don't really know what to expect from Virginia Tech. Uh, I don't think uh, NC State doesn't have a, uh, has a less than mediocre defense, though. And so uh, at home, you know, first game, by just a touchdown, it, it may be a close game. It may be a shootout, but I'm still taking Virginia Tech. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm taking Virginia Tech because this is another team too. Um, you know, they got themselves, they got themselves a good down south hot shot coach a couple of years ago from Memphis themselves. Uh, offensive minded, uh, they return incredible production. Uh, they are number five in defensive production returned. Um, number six overall in, in production the return from a team that was eight and five. Now they did have some ugly losses last year, but eight and five, I think they won the bowl game. I, I don't recall offhand, but they should be pretty good. It's at Virginia Tech, right? Uh, NC State, to your point, uh, won in a shootout. I think you said yeah. against Wake Forest, but look at Wake Forest here. Wake Forest was one hundred and eleventh in returning production for their team. They did return eight defensive starters, but their offense was 125th in returning production, Wake Forest. And NC State won in a shootout, right? So it tells me NC State may not have a great defense. Um, but to your point, I don't know what to expect from Virginia Tech. That's why I'm taking them with a lower confidence. Yeah, and then uh, Louisville at Pitt. Uh, I did take the Pitt spread against Syracuse. Uh, they definitely could have gotten it. They were extremely sloppy. Syracuse only got points because of turnovers. Uh, in their in the Pitts territory, um, Louisville showed us their less than med less than mediocre defense against Miami last week. Uh, if you're giving me a spread that favors Pitt by three, which you know are the kind of games they thrive in, uh, those lo low scoring type games, uh, especially uh, with with a good defense themselves, yeah, give me give me Pitt to cover that. Yeah, yeah, that one for me was was a no brainer, and I didn't really even use a lot of. You know, kind of in-depth analysis is just kind of taking a step back and thinking about it logically. You know, they say uh, home team should get three points, right? Well, that's what the spread is here. Three points for the home team. And that home team, well, there's good, bad, or indifferent. They proved themselves in the first week. The team visiting them that's, you know, a three-point underdog didn't look all that great. So uh, that one to me was kind of a no-brainer and why I took it at such a high confidence because you're giving me a ranked team, um, three points when, when the team they're playing uh, didn't look great last week. Uh, yeah, to me that's pretty easy. Uh, just two more, West Virginia at Oklahoma State. Uh, we both took only one confidence in this. Oklahoma State favored by six. You took Oklahoma State, I took West Virginia. Um, Man, Oklahoma State did not look good last week. Yeah, uh, West Virginia only has their one game against an S uh, FCS team, and so can't really garner anything off that. But uh, I don't know. Um, Oklahoma State has proved a lot to me. Yeah, 
uh, especially this week. Um, I think they probably will score more. I don't know if Sanders is back. Uh, if he's not, then I would take West Virginia with more confidence. But, um, yeah, they, they're going to have to show me a lot. They couldn't do anything in Tulsa. I mean, against Tulsa. I mean, Tulsa's defense proved to be decent against them, but I'm sure West Virginia is probably not as good. Either way, uh, I think this game will probably turn into more of a high-scoring affair. Oklahoma State only beat them by a touchdown last year. So I think the the spread is a pretty good one, but I'm still going to take West Virginia because mm -hmm. I'm just not sold on Oklahoma State. Well, I'm going to take Oklahoma State because their coach is a man, and he's got himself a mullet. And because he's a man, and because this game is at home for them, and they should be a good team this year relative to the rest of the Big 12, which is the Big 12. Yeah. Um, uh, and and it's why it's fairly low confidence for me. I, I Oklahoma State should win, but that first game was ugly. I don't know what the quarterback situation is, but it is at home. They do on paper have a better team. I'm gonna go with, with Oklahoma State. All right, in the last game, Tennessee at South Carolina. Tennessee favored by three and a half. We both took Tennessee high confidence. I took 11. You took 15. Um, I think for all the reasons. We kind of talked about earlier, uh, South Carolina, uh, so much returning. They got a new offensive coordinator, um, not great returning production. Uh, I think it's going to be a bad year for them anyway. Uh, Tennessee, you know, they'll have to, they started out badly last year. Um, that's, that's, that's why I'm surprised. The spread's only three and a half. I thought they would get a higher spread. Um, so this was a pretty easy one for me. Uh, I think Tennessee will roll in that game anyways. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, give me Tennessee to cover. Yeah, Tennessee and South Carolina, they are like two stores, you know, two uh, you know, restaurants or whatever that are on the corner from each other. Tennessee's is kind of facing the busy street, and South Carolina is facing the not-so-busy street. That's how I like them, these two. They're, they're very similar. You look at it on paper... Uh, the recruiting classes on average are roughly the same. They're returning, Tennessee is returning a bit more production, um, but South Carolina, decent production, uh, you know, in, in the 40s in, in both defense and offense in terms of production returning. Um, but they, they just appear to me to be two teams facing the opposite direction. Uh, or not so much the opposite direction, kind of more adjacent to each other, but Tennessee really more on the upside. Um, and, and Muschamp, I, he, I don't know what to make of Tennessee's coach yet. I think it's the real key here. Uh, Muschamp, though, this guy really hasn't been all that successful anywhere. He's been very, very mediocre, and at times bad, and he's coming off a bad year. And that's why I say they look to me like they're pointing the other direction. And with that spread, I, yeah. Tennessee seemed like an easy pick to me. All right, well, we got through all the games. Anything else to finish off with? Well, what we'd like to finish off with here is just remember, all you boys and girls that were listening to Black Eye Bob Bass with El Haven on the boy, that when you're staring at ugly, you know it. <laughs>